Animals Voice podcast, presented by the Ontario SPCA, with 50 communities working together for animal welfare. Here's the host of Animals Voice, Jamie West. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Animals Voice on OSPCA Radio. Another great show on the way for you. Later on, we'll meet Judy Tosico. She's a board member with the Thunder Bay and District Humane Society. We're going to talk about the Service to the North initiative and the challenges they face, not only geographically, but with just getting everybody on board. We'll get into that a little later on. And also on the program today, we'll meet Lynn Michaud. She's the Executive Director of the Timmins and District Humane Society and an Ontario SPCA Regional Inspector. Again, we'll discuss the Service to the North initiative and how humane education is helping encourage responsible pet ownership. But first, we begin the show the way we always do, with the fur-flying fast facts in the world of animal news. The Animal's Voice podcast continues on OSPCA Radio. Once again, here's Jamie West. First off, we know dogs love a good hike, but 3,500 feet up atop a mountain? That's how high rescuers had to climb to rescue Anna, a 100-pound Russian terrier from the summit of Mount Sai in North Bend, Washington. According to the Tacoma News Tribune, something startled Anna so badly that she bolted up the mountain where there was no trail. Anna's owner alerted the King County Sheriff's Office that her dog refused to come down from the snow-covered slope. The Washington State Animal Response Team arrived at the scene but determined that it was too dangerous to rescue Anna at the time and it would be best to wait until the next day. The next day, the Seattle Mountain Rescue Team was able to climb to the top of the north side of the summit block and find Anna. The cold and anxious terrier was secured with a harness and lowered down the mountain by ropes where the animal response team was able to collect her and uh, look after her. The runaway pup is back home recuperating. Two new species of frog have been discovered in fast-disappearing forests in the Philippines, boosting hopes for the survival of the country's rich but threatened wildlife, scientists reported earlier this week. The new discoveries are a mottled brown frog with red eyes and a broad yellow stripe running down its back and a yellow-green one not much bigger than a human thumb. The discovery should boost conservation efforts in the Philippines, which have extremely diverse plant and animal life, but where many species, unfortunately, are threatened by extinction. We've heard a lot of amazing animal reunion stories this year, mainly as a result of grateful owners who found their pets after serious storms. Facebook has become an unexpected helper in making many of these reunions possible. According to Parade Magazine, towns ravaged by tornadoes are turning to Facebook to help citizens find pets lost in the chaos of the storms. Numerous pages are popping up after each tornado dedicated to putting lost animals back into their owners' arms. Thanks to the Facebook efforts, Animal Control has reunited hundreds of grieving owners with their animals, especially in smaller communities where it can be hard to get the word out. The Ontario SPCA is always looking for your continued support. Check out our website, ospca.ca, and find out how a small donation can make a huge difference in the lives of the animals we care for. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at the official Ontario SPCA page. The Ontario SPCA is involved in humane education right across the province and it's also involved in building relationships with northern reserves and joining me on the line to talk a bit about this is Lynn Michaud, Executive Director of the Timmins and District Humane Society and Ontario SPCA Regional Inspector. Lynn, thanks for being with us here on Animals Voice. Great to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Lynn, can you share a little bit about your role in animal welfare? 
Uh, well, I've been doing this close to nine years, and I'm the executive director, uh, like you said, with the Timmins and District Humane Society, where I oversee the shelter. But I'm also an investigator and uh, am now currently in the role of the Ontario Regional Inspector for Northeast, so I oversee the investigations in animal welfare. Can you give us a little background on the Service to the North initiative and how you're looking to work with the Northern Reserves? Well, what we're looking at is that, you know, first and foremost, we want to build relationships with them. We don't want people to think that, you know, as the OSPC, we're going to come in and, and start taking over everything. What we really want to do is just formulate those relationships so that we can provide education and to help them in the way that they feel their community is needed, not necessarily what we think that they need. Uh, but certainly there are some concerns that we share with them, and we really just want to be there to, uh, to be of assistance and to help them get into the goal they want to reach. And, and how are you being received? Um, right now, it's, it's in the early stages. We have people that are inquiring, they're reaching out to us. Um, but, you know, it requires a lot of change, and so I think that they're having to process a little bit about what's involved and, and what's expected. And so I think that, you know, it's the first step in, in having to build those relationships. So I think we're in the first early uh, preliminary uh, stages of that. What laws are involved in this program that, that keep you from just, say, entering the reserves? Well, the reserves are, are kind of an entity into themselves. So really the only governing body as far as law enforcement would be the, uh, you know, the law enforcement that are native-based. So... And if they have anything, if they don't have their own law enforcement presence, they can have like the OPP or the RCMP. But we have no uh, authority as a, a provincial body for the OSPC Act, so we have absolutely no authority. However, if there are concerns of animal cruelty or neglect, you know, if the uh, governing law enforcement there wants our assistance, our input, we're always open to assisting them with that. And, th- and that would lead to the question, how, how do you go about that? How, how can you work within, uh, with these uh, other authorities to help the animals uh, on the reserves that need help? Well, it goes back to like what I was saying earlier. It's building those relationships uh, so that people don't think we're coming in to accuse or to make these huge changes. They may not be what they want for their community. So it really goes back to building a relationship where it's based on trust and respect. And therefore, at the same time, that gives us the opportunity to then educate on what animal welfare entails, you know, and, and that involves helping with the, you know, uh, dog populations that they often have to contend with and the concerns for proper animal care. So a lot of it is based on all of it, and it's pretty much based on those two uh, approaches. Is that the big issue, dog overpopulation? Well, at this point, that's the main concern that you're hearing is that there's a dog population issue in a lot of northern communities. I can't say that that's the only issue, mm-hmm. uh, but that is one of the primary ones that we're hearing about, and uh, which often results in, in what some people can think of as, as a radical approach in how they're dealing with it. But again, we're looking at communities that you know are dealing with it the way that they feel that they have to at this point, and so that's where we're wanting to offer the opportunity to educate on other, other avenues to deal with the, such as an issue of population issues such as spay-neuter, you know, and then you're looking at, you know, educating on what's, you know, uh, responsible animal care and, and what constitutes neglect and, and what doesn't and, and what resources are out there if they find themselves dealing with issues. Because you have to remember, you're dealing with communities that don't have veterinarians right there. They don't have 
pet stores just sitting there offering various resources. So, you know, they, they have unique challenges that we in, in more suburb areas don't necessarily have. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, it's, it's an, more of an educational approach as opposed to a policing approach. Yes, absolutely. Like we're, we're really trying to steer away from people thinking that we want to go in there and, and uh, enforce. We really do believe that if you want to see positive change, you have to educate people. You can't just go in and say, do this. People don't like that approach, you know, especially when a community has its own values, its own culture, its own way of doing things. It's important to uh, educate them on what's the baseline of animal welfare and, and the expectations and then let them govern how they want to proceed from there. Sure. Lynn Michaud is our guest. She's the executive director of the Timmins and District Humane Society and Ontario SPCA Regional Inspector. Lynn, can you share with us some of the humane education messaging that you're looking to share with the public? Well, one of the main ones, and we've been doing this for a little bit across the province, is the spay-neuter program. Uh, we've got you know, high-volume spay-neuter programs, and we're trying to implement that uh, in the northern areas and rural areas so that people can have access to those kind of services which would help address you know the overpopulation problem we have with both not just dogs but with cats and the other thing that we're wanting to do is again is to educate uh, up in the north when you're a little bit more rural or it's not as populous as, as say down south um, the idea of animal welfare and proper animal care responsibilities, expectations um, may not reach everybody. And you're having to kind of bring people up to speed with some of the changes. A lot of people don't even know about the new act, even though it's been in place Mm -hmm. uh, for uh, quite a while now. And so that's what we want to do is really just go out there and educate and show people, you know, things are moving along, things are changing, and the expectations as far as animal care are out there. Right. How much of a practical challenge is it to, to deliver those messages and, and get the word out? What we're looking at, what we're tossing around ideas is, you know, having possibly a, a mobile spay-neuter clinic. That's something that we're exploring right now. We're, we've talked about implementing at the same time having a, a person that's focused on going out to groups, going out to the schools is so important, um, but groups that want to hear what we have to say going out into the education using you know posters pamphlets radio any avenue that will allow us to reach people is what we're looking at but of course that's based on on the resources and, and what funding we have to be able to reach as far as we want to always a challenge the the funding piece uh, you know the wish lists are long how do you uh how do you deal with the funding piece well like everything else we prioritize uh, you know what can we do with what we have? So if this is how much we have, where do we get our best bang for our buck? And for the manpower resources that we have, because again, you know, we are a charity, um, so we're pretty good at using the money we think is the way that is the best used. And But always, you know, the more resources you have, the more successful you can be in a program. So, you know, the sky's the limit depending on what you have at, uh, at your hands to use. What are, what are your ultimate goals for this program? Obviously, you, you've got an idea of how you're setting out and trying to do things, but do you have a, sort of an end goal in mind at this point? Well, I mean, my end goal would be that we don't need programs like this anymore. Right. That's kind of what we're striving at. But, I mean, until we get there, our, our goal is to 
you know, basically, like I've been saying, is to get out there, build those relationships and, and show people that, you know, we really want to go out there and help. And by educating and being a, a resource to learn how we can better care for our animals, how we can improve their lives, and I deal with those issues of when we have too many puppies and too many cats and dogs through, you know, spay-neuter services, you know, it's a whole ball that can come together. And like I said, the end goal, you know, uh, years from now is that we won't need these programs and that things will be just honky-dory. Yeah, responsible pet ownership certainly comes with a lot of uh, benefits, doesn't it, when, when you get people on board? It does. I mean... Uh, I don't think anybody sets out to, to neglect or not care for their pet. I, I really don't believe that. I think that there's just a lot of values that people need to kind of turn around because of what has been historically acceptable compared to what's required now. And I think most people generally don't want to see an animal suffer. I think they just need help. And I think that we need to put a value on our animals. We need to put a value on what they feel, what they need, and, and the responsibility and the respect to provide them what they need if we choose to have them. If you choose to have an animal, then you got to take the whole kit and caboodle. You can't just take parts that are convenient. Well said. Lynn Michaud, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you again for having me. Lynn Michaud is the Executive Director of the Timmins and District Humane Society and Ontario SPCA Regional Inspector. Lots more information you can use coming up on the Animals Voice Podcast on OSPCA Radio. The Ontario SPCA, as we've mentioned earlier in the program, is heavily involved in humane education programs throughout the province of Ontario and a new initiative called the Service to the North Initiative. And joining me on the line to talk about it in some detail is Judy DeSico. She is a board member with the Thunder Bay and District Humane Society. Judy, great to have you on Animal's Voice. Thanks for joining us. Um, Can you share a little bit about your role in animal welfare? Um. I've, I've always been an advocate for animal welfare, but kind of from a distance. Uh, when we moved to Thunder Bay, the Thunder Bay and District Humane Society was in the planning stages, and within a few years, um, they had advertised for people interested in becoming OSPCA agents um, to investigate animal cruelty. And I thought, well, this would be interesting. So I applied and was accepted to take the course, and I've been an agent for 14 years. Um, after the Thunder Bay and District Humane Society opened the shelter itself, I became involved uh, with the education committee there and, um, and then went on from that to join the board of directors. So I was then asked to fill a vacancy on the provincial board uh, where I still currently hold the seat. So I've sort of increased my involvement moving, I don't want to say up the ladder, but it's just uh, I think it's a, a search for more knowledge and uh, a broader picture of, of what the organization does. Well, there's so much uh, there's so much to it, and of course, uh, as we say all the time, we're we are 50 communities strong in this province, so uh, there's always lots to learn, I would imagine, and and lots of notes to compare uh, with absolutely. other communities, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Judy, what exactly is the Service to the North Initiative? Um, I think. The Service to the North uh, initiative, uh, or the the committee, I guess, came uh, 
from the OSPCA itself, but it was prompted, I believe, by their northern board represent, representatives, um, recognizing that there was a, a gap in service in the northern part of the province, um, due in part to the unique issues in the north and a feeling of isolation in some areas. Um, uh, Thun the Thunder Bay and District Humane Society is the um, the only uh, humane society between Sault Ste. Marie and the Manitoba border. So uh, there's a variety of animal shelters and animal rescue groups, but as far as, as uh, uh, an OSPCA humane society, we're it. And it's a pretty big area, and I always tell people, when you're looking at a map of Ontario and you turn it over to the north, uh, check the scale because it's not the same as it is on the other side <laughs> of the map. I would imagine it isn't when you're trying yeah. to cover it. And our the Thunder Bay alone, Thunder Bay and District Humane Society covers the district of Thunder Bay, which is 380,000 square kilometers. Um, so, in in the investigation side of it, for sure, um, to do a, a call, say from Geraldton, that's a full day for our investigator to drive out there, do the call, and come back again. So um, we're, uh, we're, we rely quite heavily on the Ontario Provincial Police, and they are wonderful. They assist us when they can, and also uh, the local city uh, police in different municipalities are, are also helping. But they're, they're stretched, too, so, um, and if, if, they're, uh, if they're dealing with a... Um, a human uh, distress call, then uh, I think that's going to be their priority. Sure. It sounds like a lot of uh, a lot of challenges there. So it begs the question, why has the Thunder Bay and District Humane Society taken on the Service to the North initiative? Um, well, it's a natural fit for us, mainly because um, we are uh, right smack dab in the middle uh, we have a strong central organization, and like I said, we're the largest community between Sault Ste. Marie and Manitoba border that has a humane society. Um, we, um, I think, uh, can certainly implement resources offered by the uh, OSPCA, and it's building a stronger relationship uh, with them. I think a lot of the problem living in the north is is uh, communities feel isolated, and there's um, I know the OSPCA's strategic plan stresses uh, building communications, and this is what we have to do uh, in the north, and and I think um, to make them aware of some of the our our uniqueness up here and and how we solve uh, dealing with animal welfare. Sure. Judy, what types of humane education programs have you been working on? And as a secondary, why are these so important? Well, I think um, we have uh, our, our own investigator right now is um, doing junior humane society clubs in local elementary school. And uh, we are involved in the second year of a, it's what, what it's called is a bite prevention program and in partnership with the City of Thunder Bay uh, Animal Services. Uh, and the Ministry of Health, and this is the second year for that program. And by working with other other groups, people see that we we're a fit in the community. We're part of the community, and what we do is a service to the community. The other program we have that that I really like is uh, it's called Head Start and Head Start on the Road to Adoption, and it's a training program developed for shelter dogs 
to help them adjust to the shelter environment and assist them in increasing their adoptability by um, teaching them just basic manners. And uh, this is a very successful program and has a, a tremendous uh, team of volunteers. And the, the programs are important because they do increase awareness and they encourage community participation and, and involvement. And the more people you have participating, um, the more success you're going to have. What suggestions would you have to people who would like to help? Um, I think, I think um, just to become involved and, and making themselves aware of animal welfare initiatives that promote animal health and welfare in the North. And I think by understanding that, that animal welfare also equals human welfare, and some of the communities are quite isolated, and people rely on their pets. Um, it's long winter, <laughs> sure. and um, and you know they're they're more fa- they're family member, and uh, and also I think um, promoting re- responsible pet ownership. The pe- the the um, people who do um, have training programs for dogs and and. Um, the health of your animal and spaying and neutering is very, very important. And just the general care for your pet. And this is why I think the Junior Humane Society is great. If you start with the young people and and um, they're made aware, then, then it's going to uh, bring the adults in as well. Judy, are there other challenges that you're expecting uh, to face uh, with the rollout of this program beyond the, the geographical concerns we've discussed? Um, absolutely. I think... Um, um, uh, there's a lot of indifference, and I think that's everywhere. People are, are uh, they have other things on their mind, especially in the north right now. The um, the economy is not that great, and uh, so people have have their own health and welfare on their mind. And <clears throat> the the cultural differences are uh, prevalent up here. We um, there are a lot of communities very very close to Aboriginal. Uh, um, reserves, and we have to um, we have to recognize the cultural differences and adapt to them, and and um, make them um, feel that they are part of this uh, the whole system as well. It sounds uh, like as we've talked about a, a challenge, but one that will be worthwhile. Uh, in its efforts, and it sounds like uh, you're beginning to gain traction with some of the practical parts of the program that you've discussed. Oh, absolutely. I think I think uh, we're working with other agencies and organizations as well, like with the Ministry of Health and with um, Northern Development and and Municipal Affairs and Police Departments. So everybody has a stake in the program, and uh, and everybody needs to um, uh, to input the program. So. Um, I think when we're working together that uh, four or five heads are better than one. Sure, and, and, and as, uh, as is often the case, uh, this is as much about people as it is about the animals we're trying to help and serve here, right? Ab- absolutely, absolutely. The, the, um, we're concerned about the safety of people as well as we are about the animals. Judy, uh, great pleasure talking to you today. All the Thank best, you, continued success, and uh, we'll talk to you again on Animals Voice down the road. Thank you very much. That's Judy DeSico, board member of the Thunder Bay and District Humane Society. The Animals Voice podcast is a production of the Ontario SPCA. 
For more information and news from our 50 communities, explore our website. And thank you for your kind and continued support. Remember, fix your pet. Find out how easy it is at fixyourpet.ca. It's the kindest thing you can do.